Thank you for joining us on the Client Experience Revolution podcast. I'm your host, Raya Gonzalez, and this is episode 14, which is part two of an awesome interview that I had with Dr. Jerika Dodd, a licensed pharmacist and a public speaker, an all-around advocate for those who have chronic illness or who have chronic addiction to helping others and not helping themselves. So I hope that you'll enjoy this episode, an extension of episode 13, where we really took a deep dive in how to live your life in a more authentic way. What was the major breakthrough for you? Because I know when you got the brain surgery and then you came back and then you just went right back into it. What was it that opened your eyes to be able to say like, oh, wow, I need to make this change where my life serves me in all aspects. You know, what was it that actually allowed you to make that connection? Well, I think really when my health began to call again and I was not sleeping at night and if I did happen to fall asleep, I'd wake up in a panic attack. And then by day when I would drive, even short distances, I would, you know, fall asleep while driving, while in motion, you know, maybe on the highway, 65, 70 miles per hour. And I would start dozing or even sitting at a traffic light and sitting still would fall asleep. And I remember going to a neurologist several times saying, hey, this is a problem. In the back of my mind, I'm cringing going, oh my gosh, you know, are they going to take my license from me? Because, you know, the he said, no, you don't have narcolepsy. That's not the problem. And the answer was, I'm just going to give you something to help you sleep, sleeping pills. And then we're going to give you a medicine that's given to people who are narcoleptic to keep you up during the day. And I think that that was probably like the straw, because I remember saying, I am too young to be on medication to prop me up during the day and then another medication to take me down at night. I know too much about medications and I don't want to do that. That could be a long-term thing and I surely don't want to start that cycle. And I knew that I was going to have to do something because I was traveling quite a bit for my job. Again, I was checking off boxes where I'd achieved you know, great goals, great job, great salary, loved working with my manager, my team. However, I was physically starting to fall apart again. And so having that experience and the answer given to me being, okay, let's give you a pill for the day and a pill for the night. I mean, granted, I respect that that was the suggestion and and what was thought to be best, but I decided, I was like, nope, I'm not doing that. And I think what needs to go is what's getting in the way of me being able to be well. And that meant that I had to give up some major commitments. The first was because of the amount of driving that I did to and from my church, my place of worship, I was driving one hour each way. So Sundays were really like another work day as if as I worked during the week. That was the first commitment that I resigned from. And then the second major commitment, if you will, that I resigned from was actually my job. Because what I realized was that it wasn't prudent for me to say, oh, well, I'll just take a leave of absence. Because when I came back after that leave of absence, I would have been faced with the same amount of travel and the the stress level of the job. And so ultimately, I think it was time to make a shift. And so I was forced because of my health to step away from some major commitments and say, what do I want life to look like? Now, granted, you know, that took some planning. It took some courage and it still takes courage because I am now a full-time entrepreneur and, you know, continuing to build my business businesses. And I still have to 
strike that same balance and make sure that I don't overdo it, even building my businesses. When you're building your own business, you're very passionate about it. I can sit up till all times of the night working on my business, but I have to still be very careful to make sure that I put me first. However, I have more liberty to do that now that I work for myself. Yeah, that's so crucial and guilty up until midnight last night. Yeah, I think that can be definitely a challenge. How do you find relief from stress from like the things that pop up that are just part of daily life? Like when you're an entrepreneur and you don't have the security of knowing where the next peg check is going to come from, what do you find in terms of ways that you are able to recenter and take care of yourself in that situation? So one of the things that I had to decide to do very early on in this this journey was that I will not worry. As an entrepreneur, you're right, cash flow and clients and you know all types of things can become, you know, sources or points of worry. And I decided that I will not worry. There are many things in this life that I do not have control over and one of them is other people. And so, no matter what it looks like, I have decided that I won't worry. It may not be good, but I cannot spend the time worrying. I believe that the answer is going to come or either I know someone who can help me find the answer or I know someone with the answer or I know the answer. But I believe that worry takes away from, you know, a whole lot of things. And I surely can't rest. I can't be my best if I'm worried. And that may sound really simple. It's really a mindset approach because if my mind is not where I need it to be, then I'm still no good either. And the other thing that I do is it's very important to have meditation and prayer time where and quiet time. Oftentimes as an entrepreneur, you know, we can really get going. Like you said, up till midnight. I mean, in a day's time, I can talk to so many people, potential clients, clients that I'm worn out at the end of the day, but making sure that my day is anchored in the beginning and at the end with time for quiet, for me to sit still, to journal if I need to, to get all that's on my mind out onto a piece of paper, you know, whatever I need to do in that time, maybe it's listening to my affirmations in the morning as I start my day to remind myself who I am. Um, and definitely staying connected with my faith is very, very important to me. And I think that does more to center me than anything else, because as an entrepreneur, you know, the tide rises and falls. And to be able to ride that wave, I think you have to be centered. You know, my aunt is an ordained minister. And the last time we spoke, she said, Raya, you've been really on my heart because I can sense and I've been really praying for you because I can sense that you're running too hard. And she said, I want you to remember that every good book has margins. The page has margins. And she said, in order for you to write the good book of your life, you need to leave yourself room in the margins. Yes. And she's like, if you're dragging things all the way to the edge, you're leaving no room for the blessings that the universe can bring to you. And that I thought was such a poignant reference and visual of saying like, am I in this moment leaving margins for the delight, right? The things that we don't expect to come into our lives. Mm -hmm. I would love to bottle your ability to not worry. And actually in all seriousness, like what would you say to somebody who 
I have clinical anxiety. So worry is like, like a part of my life. And I find that I'm, you know, I'm definitely actively working towards management and finding the things that are calming and centering. But, you know, when you speak to other women who say, you know, I worry all the time and I know that it's a waste of time, but I'm just not sure how to curb that or, you know, cut that from my life. What would you say to that? So one of the things that I discuss with my coaching clients is I say, okay, what is it, you know, maybe it's a particular thing that you're worried about. And one of the things that I've found to be helpful is I call it walking it out. So let's say that this thing that you're worried about actually happens, then, you know, what does that mean? What would that mean for your life? What would it look like? And then when they're able to say, okay, well, it would mean this, or it would mean that, or it would mean the other, then I go, and so, and what would you do if that happened? And they're able to actually walk through, well, what if the thing that I'm worried about did actually happen or didn't happen? How would I respond? It helps them to, one, get it out of their head and somewhere else. Um, Sometimes I've heard it called like morning pages, like whatever it is that keeps gnawing at you, get it out of your head, get it out of your heart onto paper, and that helps. But to be able to walk it out and go, okay, if this thing that you're thinking about actually happens, then what? Because most of the time when we're worried, we're stuck in the, oh, it might happen. I'm not sure. We haven't even thought, okay, if it does, what will I do? And you know, oftentimes you'll find that the worry that people have is wrapped up in things like, what will people think? What happens if I fail? Things that, in my opinion, like those are not going to kill you. You know, what people think, I say that it's really nobody's business what someone thinks about you. And oftentimes when we are in business and we're worried about failing, well, in failure come lessons, probably some of the most valuable lessons that we can have come from failure. And so trying to shield ourselves and spending all this time and energy worrying about not failing, it's not really a good use of time because it's basically saying, I don't want to learn the lessons. Of course, no one wants to fail, but if that inevitably is, you know, what's going to happen, then at least I want to be able to say, if I fail, I give myself credit for trying, for having the courage to try. And again, worrying is not going to stop whatever it is that I'm worried about. If I thought worrying would really be a prescription for solving whatever it is we're worried about, I'd be like, worry, gosh, worry some more, worry all that you can. But it doesn't do anything to change the circumstance. It just eats away at our physical health, at our mental health. And that's probably a bit of a logical approach, but I just believe that it's just not a good use of time to worry. That is really true. And one of the things, like right now as a company, my both on my consulting side and on, I own a virtual assistant company, I am trying to celebrate the mistakes And somebody recommended, and we're implementing starting this week, a list of lessons learned. And we're trying to focus on the minutia. Like, what is it that we learned even to like a task where it was like, for example, you know, we duplicated an effort because there was a misunderstanding and it boiled down to the fact that I explained it in a way that that person doesn't receive as well. Mm -hmm. So we solved it by me making a short Loom video where I screen shared 
what it was that I was saying and I walked them through the steps. It took me three to five minutes to make that video. It took me three to five minutes to type it out. And we found that by me demonstrating, not only did it more effectively communicate what I was saying, but then it was something that we could save and share and refer back and maybe use it for future training. And so using these just like small things, of course, you're going to learn the bigger lessons and the more existential and spiritual and personal lessons too along the way. But the more you can focus on saying, okay, this is what I learned. It becomes instead of a list of mistakes, a list of wins. Right. Right. You know what I mean? Like, and so just trying to twist and reframe your mind around these things that happen and saying, what did I actually learn? And then saying, instead of being embarrassed or upset about it, just saying, what did I actually get out of it? And then having it be, you know, something to celebrate. Right. If you watch children, when they're learning to walk, when they're learning to ride a bicycle, when they're learning to do things, they will fall, they will get back up, and they will keep going. They may cry a little bit, but there's something about, if you've ever watched a baby learning how to walk, I don't care how many times they fall, there's something that innately is driving them to like, let's do this again. Let's try it again. And maybe, it, you know, and, and generally they want to try again right away. And as we get older, I think we start to try to shield ourselves from experiencing, from having, you know, bad feelings or from having failure. We try to shield ourselves because we go, oh, that hurts. I don't like how that feels. However, the energy that we spend trying to shield ourselves from life happening, because they're going to be, you could go even deeper and talk about, you know, how we assign good and bad to circumstances instead of thinking that everything that happens, whether it is, I'm doing air quotes, whether it is quote good or quote bad, it is all to create the life and to have the experience that we're supposed to experience here on this earth. But if we're so busy trying to be in control of circumstances that because we don't want to feel pain, because we don't want to feel lost, we do whatever we can to try to manipulate the situation, which is what I feel that worrying is trying to do, trying to mentally manipulate the situation such that I don't feel that much pain. I don't feel that loss of, you know, because of failure or what have you. We try, I think it's definitely human nature to shield ourselves from that. And I think in doing that, and we know that worry is stressful and it can cause chronic illness. And so whether we have that disease to please or whether we have that physical manifestation of disease, chronic illness is, it's not something that we want to live with. And so I say that when people say, well, I'm just a worrier because they've classified themselves. I say, be really, really careful because we, our tongues are very powerful. And I think that we can create circumstances based upon speaking them. And so I don't know that I would even classify or even label myself and say, well, I'm a self-professed worrier because ah, then you start thinking that way. Well, I'm a worrier. So that almost like gives you the go ahead to keep worrying. Yeah. Agreed. I think that it doesn't serve anyone. And I mean, everybody processes things different. It's finding a way to really claim that and manage it in a way that it can turn it into something positive for sure. Yes. What would you say 
you know, if somebody was listening to what you've said and really walking through all of the different things that you've overcome and the lessons that you've learned, and then this life that you're living, which is probably enviable. I mean, it's enviable to me, but I'm an entrepreneur who's seeking that for myself. So I can see that that's possible for me, but maybe somebody else isn't in that same place. What would you want them to take away? And that doesn't have to be just one thing, but what would be the deepest takeaways that you would want them to really absorb and process for themselves from today's episode? Sure. So one of the things that I think is inherent in people's minds when you say, well, what do you want to do? What do you want your place to be in this world? As you said, you know, entrepreneurs solve problems and we went into business because we we think we can solve a problem for other people. And so oftentimes when I ask people, what do you want? Which it's it's really interesting when you ask women that question that they will tell you what they don't want. But when you ask, what do you want? Oftentimes people will say, well, I just want to help people. I just want to do this for people. I just want to do that for people. And that's great. That's wonderful. However, I would surmise and I'd say your business will never reach the potential and you as a business person will never reach the potential that you could if you do not prioritize yourself. Because as we spoke of in alluded to earlier, when you don't prioritize yourself, which means your mental health, your spiritual health, your physical health, if you don't prioritize yourself, then you're a hundred percent at risk of anything that could be warded off by you prioritizing yourself. You're at 100% risk of it happening. And because of that, It's so important that even though it's counterintuitive, even though it's not second nature to us, if you will, we don't put ourselves first. And if I could leave the listening audience with anything, I would say you have to put yourself first. And then you're able, you cannot pour from an empty cup. So when you put yourself first, you're able to pour and give and serve in the ways that you want to serve. You're able to help people. And I think that those are noble things to do. I want to do that as well. But what I understand is that I'm best when I prioritize myself first. I love that. I want to like, I can just even see that as a beautiful Instagram post. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yes. The other thing, and it probably will go on social media today too, is I was feeling one of my consulting clients is also somebody who I've known like almost my whole life. And, you know, I'm coming off, I'm jet lagged and I'm coming off of like an amazing but emotional week. And I was like, it was a moment of vulnerability. And I said to her, I just wish I could be better. And she goes, Raya, when you're trailblazing, and you're inventing something that no one has ever done before, how can you be better? Like, how could you possibly be better at something that you're making brand new in the world? I just like sat back and I thought, I can't. I'm like, I'm being brave. I'm doing something that other people wouldn't necessarily step out. And I think we need to extend grace to ourselves. Yes. And say, we are literally doing the best that we can. And that's not a cop-out. That's like a miracle. Mm -hmm. We -hmm. are fully engaged on all pistons in our lives. And what an amazing miracle that would be is if we could do that and put ourselves first. Right. And what 
like amplification to the difference that we're making in this world if we did that. And yeah. so I just thought, oh, like that was a very powerful moment, like very convicting in the very, very best of ways and really gave me pause to say, okay, okay, this is like first all the priorities and then everything else. Right. And so it's a work in progress as you know, like we're always in beta, right? Like we're always figuring it out along the way. Thank you for those little tidbits because I think that's so important. Okay. So Last question, but I would love to, aside from the revelations internally, what would you say is the most important and impactful advice that you've ever been given by somebody else? I would say that probably the most impactful and probably all-encompassing piece of advice that I've been given was given to me by my father some many years ago. And I was in a place where I wasn't really fully living my life. And I remember him saying, actually, you know, I don't, I don't have any reason not to share. I was in the middle of a marriage that was not a good marriage. And I was really at my wits end because I didn't know what else to do. I didn't know what else could be done. And unfortunately, but maybe fortunately, that marriage ended However, I remember my father saying to me in that time, live your life. He said, I can't tell you whether to get a divorce or not, because that's a decision that you have to make. But he said to me, but you have to live your life. Like, I don't want you to look up 5, 10, 15, 20 years from now, and life has just passed you by. Live your life. And we were on the phone and I wasn't even in town, uh, in the same town or city with him when we were having that conversation. But it was almost, it felt like he kind of reached through the phone and kind of got me by the collar to say, hey, you know, shook me a bit and say, hey, wake up, live your life. And you know, obviously he was talking about that particular situation, but that has been some of the best advice that I've ever gotten because Oftentimes we can get so entwined, intertwined with what we're doing, with who we're serving, with whatever else is going on that we forget to live. And, you know, I believe that we only have this one life. And as I said earlier, beginning with the end in mind, I want to live a long life unless there is some other plan God has that I don't know about. But Unless he says differently, I want to live my life to the fullest. And it means, number one, making sure that I am optimally in the best shape that I can possibly be by taking care of me and prioritizing myself first so that I can give fully to those around me and those that I serve. But there's just something to be said when you are on a mission to live your life. It shows up in the decisions that you make. It shows up in the way you show up in the world. I think that when you and I kept meeting by that elevator, it seemed to me like each time the elevator doors opened, you were right there, happened to be right there. And I mean, we could not get enough of each other. And I think it's because we were in that moment and nothing else was taking precedence or priority. And we were living life and we were connected. Thing, and that's what I want to share most is that bit of advice given to me. Live your life. That is so profound. 
and simple, right? But not easy. Yes. But so profound. And I just want to thank you from the bottom of my heart. Again, it's just like, it's divine timing that Mm -hmm. we planned this quite some time ago. So there was no like ulterior or, you know, you know, ability to know how relevant this would be to my day in this moment. And I'm hoping that this message hits people at a time that it is also just relevant to what they're experiencing in that moment and that they're able to take the time to really listen all the way through and take away the little tidbits that can speak to them and, you know, spur ideas on how they can better live their lives and put themselves first. Mm-hmm. But I just want you to know that you've really blessed me today. And I really, really appreciate your time. And I just know that this message in particular was needed for at least one person out there. And if one person was touched aside from you and I in this conversation, then we have done our job today. Don't you think? You're absolutely right. <laughs> I, I hope that someone has been given a different perspective and some things to think about. And I hope that if they're hearing this and they are not living their life, that they will really pause and say, what do I need to change? What do I need to shift so that I can live my life? Well, Jerika, this is amazing. And this is a conversation that needs to keep going on. So I want my audience to know how they can continue to stay in contact, how they can reach out to you personally. Why don't you share the best ways for them to get a hold of you? Sure. So with regard to following me on social media, I am on LinkedIn and Facebook and Instagram as Jerika Dodd. And I can also, I have a group for health-related conversations that I share um, information that's supportive of, of health. That group is on Facebook, and the name is actually getting ready to change. That's part of my uh, strategic plan for 2020. So the name is, is changing, and I'll make sure that by the time this is edited, it will be changed to some kind of chronic illness, because I really want to continue encouraging people to recognize the chronic illnesses that they have, both physical and and otherwise, and how to, one, avoid them, and then how to obviously recover and and get better, uh, both from a medical standpoint, but also from just a life standpoint. The name of that Facebook group is Some Kind of Chronic Illness. And the website for the pharmacy consulting practice that I have where every patient can have their own personal pharmacist is yourpharmacyadvocate.com. That's the name of the business, Your Pharmacy Advocate. So the website is yourpharmacyadvocate.com. So those are the best ways to reach out to me. And I'm happy to have a chat with anyone that is interested in looking at ways to better their health, especially if they are experiencing chronic illness. And then there's one other place that I think if any of my audience is a female pharmacist and does need support, why don't you tell the audience a little bit about your magazine as well? Oh, and we said that I I shouldn't forget that. I just released the premier issue of a magazine that I was inspired to publish called 
pharmacist, and it's a play on the word pharmacist, but it's pharma, P-H-A-R-M-A, capital S as in Sam, I-S as in Sam, so pharmacist. And it's a magazine to celebrate women in pharmacy. And the reason being is the pharmaceutical industry, the, and not just the pharmaceutical manufacturers, but the world of pharmacy is undergoing quite a bit of disruption now. And so jobs and the market and you know things are really starting to change. And I would hear as I would have pharmacists approach me to ask them, ask me to coach them in making changes in their career or building a business, I would hear them really despair about, you know, is this really possible to do? And so I published this magazine to highlight women in pharmacy who have pivoted in their career or they have built a business and show that it really is possible to create the life of which you dream. And I know we spoke about that a little bit earlier. And it is specific to women pharmacists. However, I think anyone would be inspired to read the stories of the women pharmacists in this magazine, and it will be published quarterly. So to access the website for the magazine, to get a copy, either a digital download or the actual soft copy delivered, the website is pharmacismag.com. So P-H-A-R-M-A, S as in Sam, I, S as in Sam, mag, M as in Mary, A-G, dot com pharmacistmag.com to see a little bit of a blurb on each of the women that are featured in this issue and, and upcoming issues, as well as to download a copy or order a soft copy to be delivered. That's amazing. Thank you so much. Like I said, I'm honored to have you on the show. And that's a wrap for us. So thank you everyone for joining us on the Client Experience Revolution. You have been here with your host, Raya Gonzalez and Dr. Jerika Dodd. We invite you to connect with us on Facebook. We do have the Client Experience Revolution group. We're always open to topic ideas and feedback on our episodes. And as always, you can reach out to me personally to schedule a call. I want to hear about your business and about how things are going and if there's any way that I can be of support to you. So my website is rayagonzalez.com. You can reach me at rayagonzalez.com backslash contact or just find us on Facebook, Instagram, and everywhere. Admin Prestige or Instagram handle is Admin Prestige Plus. Find and follow. We always want to hear from you. So thank you everyone. And we will see you next time.